The Storytelling Blitz continues with Day 3 of the 21 Days of Storytelling, featuring The Dragon Collector, Book 1 of this Dragonstalker Bloodline saga. The story snippet of the day is Part 3 of the prologue. Part 3 takes place 15 years after Part 1 and 8 years after Part 2. It's also told from the perspective of the hero Javen's mother rather than Javen himself. Although I did revise it a little for the second edition, this was the standalone prologue of the original edition of The Dragon Collector. I chose to tell it from Esmeralda's perspective rather than introduce Javen, because Javen didn't live in Xandador. I wanted the prologue to show what life was like in Xandador under the rule of the Dark King, and I couldn't do that with Javen. My boy Javen is over here in modern-day Earth living his ordinary high school life, while his mother is a prisoner of the Dark King, and he has no idea Xandador or dragons exist. Esmeralda was all too aware of both, though, so telling this part of the story from her perspective allowed me to provide you a glimpse into the land of Xandador and drop some hints about the challenges Javen was about to face. Settle in, because we're about to enter the land of Xandador. Welcome to a special storytelling edition of Published Before College, the podcast with short and snazzy shows that teach creative kids how to think like an author, build confidence in their creative writing skills, and take ownership of the publishing process. I'm your host, DK Drake, author of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga. During these 21 days of storytelling, I'll be reading you snippets of The Dragon Collector, book one of the Dragonstalker Bloodline Saga, and sharing behind-the-scenes Sinsider secrets along the way. In The Dragon Collector, 15-year-old Javen believes he is simply an ordinary orphan abandoned by his mother at birth, until he is whisked away to another dimension and his destiny as the chosen one from the Collector bloodline is revealed. Armed only with an ancient weapon, a trio of old advisors, and his determination to win, Javen is soon caught up in a dangerous battle for the throne. Now his choices could save, or destroy, the people and dragons of Xandador, including the mother he just met. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. You are now entering the land of Xandador. Prologue, Part 3, Esmeralda's Turn, the 13th day of the Earth Month July in the Xandandorian year of 4200. Fifteen years. She had been sitting on the same stone window seat and staring out the same window for the last fifteen years. Waiting. Waiting for her Dartes to come for her. Waiting to defeat the Dark King. Waiting to see her son again. Happy birthday, my boy, she whispered into the night, wondering if Javen could see the same stars she saw despite living in different dimensions. The creak of the door handle followed by the scraping of the wooden door on the stone floor, snapped her out of her wistful stupor. She dashed to the bed to retrieve the knife hidden under her pillow, but she wasn't fast enough. An icy hand smothered her mouth, and the intruder's other arm latched onto her wrist before she could touch the handle. If you want your freedom, the man whispered in her ear, don't fight me. Freedom? Esmeralda froze, and not just because the obnoxiously strong bearded man had her pinned in place on her bed. As a slave in the palace of the Dark King, freedom was not a general topic of discussion. Any mention of the word got one whipped, as attributed by the scars on her back. The man spoke again. Can I trust you to stay quiet? Esmeralda studied his hazel eyes. At least she imagined them to be hazel. It was difficult to tell in the dimly lit room in the middle of the night. Regardless of their color and despite the lack of light, she could see a sense of urgency in the man's eyes. That she trusted. Under the pressure of his hand on her face, she nodded. Yes. Good, he whispered. In a second, I'm going to move my hand, pick you up, and carry you out of here. All you have to do is stay quiet. Deal? She nodded again. He slowly moved his hand away from her mouth. 
She wanted to ask for some clothes and shoes. Being hoisted around while wearing only her white nightgown was not her ideal escape outfit, but the idea of freedom was more enticing than her fashion choices. Besides, her only option was the same drab brown dress every other woman in Xandador was forced to wear day in and day out. So she remained silent. With seemingly no effort, he picked her up and tossed her tiny frame over his right shoulder. Her long, silky black hair swept the floor as he carried her out of the room and down the long hallway to the windy staircase. She was expecting to travel up the stairs. They went down instead. We're going down? She started beating his back with her fists. Why are we going down? The dungeon is not exactly my idea of freedom. Quiet! He hissed. We're not headed to the dungeon. There's nothing else down here. She tried to wiggle off his shoulder, but his grip on her legs was too tight. Down the stairs they went. She was beginning to think she had been captured by some lunatic who liked to carry women around the castle in the middle of the night for fun when they at last exited the dizzying staircase, traveled down a creepy hallway, and entered a huge oval room. The sudden burst of light forced her to cover her pale blue eyes. As the stranger set her on her feet, she began the painful process of blinking to let her eyes adjust to the glowing room. When she could finally see, her eyes were drawn to the brilliant multicolored circle on the floor in the middle of the room. It was surrounded by a similar rainbow-colored three-foot-high wall with all kinds of fancy buttons on top of it. Where are we? Esmeralda asked, wandering around the wall. She stopped halfway there, turning her attention to the stranger instead. And who are you? Why did you bring me here? What is going on? I don't have time for long explanations. Guards will be here any minute. I can explain my presence here, but not yours. I need you to stop asking questions and listen. Esmeralda crossed her arms, cocked her head, and stared at the stranger. Turns out she was right. He did have hazel eyes. Just like her D'Artes. Actually, a lot about this man reminded her of D'Artes. His hazel eyes, his bushy hair, his wide, solid shoulders, his tan skin, his deep voice. Only this man was much older. You're Vince, she said, summoning every ounce of hatred she'd built up over the last 15 years. You're the family traitor. You're the reason I was brought here. And you're the reason D'Artes was banished. She charged at Vince and pounded the chest of her husband's grandfather. The tears cascaded down her cheeks as she landed blow after blow. Enough! He grabbed her wrists and pushed her away. She kept trying to hit him anyway. She wasn't successful. I did what I had to do back then, just like I'm doing now. This time my loyalty lies with family, not the king. You have to bring Javen home and enter him in the battle for the throne. Esmeralda went limp at the mention of her son's name. No one was supposed to know his name. I can't. He died the night he was born. Vince dropped her wrists and squeezed her shoulders instead. Don't lie to me. I was there that night. I saw my son carry that very live baby away on the back of my grandfather's dragon. He saw Ravier fly away with Kenton on Skylark? How was that possible? And why hadn't he informed the king? If Vince really knew about Javen, he wouldn't have let her get away with feigning his death all those years ago. You are mistaken. Esmeralda had been protecting the secret too long to divulge the truth now. Besides, it wasn't time. At 15, Javen was still too young. My son is dead. Your son is the only hope the people and dragons of Xandador have. I work for the king. I've seen his plans. If no one challenges him, and he is allowed to rule for another hundred years, he will wipe out the dragons in their territories and enslave the people in ways you can't even begin to imagine. Only a handful of dragons remain, and he already controls every aspect of every person's life throughout the Great Rift. There's nothing to fear other than more of the same. That's where you're wrong. At least now you can think for yourself. 
Soon that won't be an option. What do you mean? I don't have time to explain. He picked her up, carried her to the yellow circle, plopped her down, and backed away. You have to get to Javen. You have to enter him in the battle. And he has to win. He's the one of whom the prophecy speaks. He's not. He can't be. He's too young. I knew he was alive. Vince smiled and started pressing buttons on top of the wall. I'm sending you to Ravier. He knows you are coming and will take you to wherever he is hiding Javen. You have just under six months to find him, train him, and help him collect all four Dragonstalkers while uniting the bloodlines. If he fails, we all face a fate worse than death. Wait! Instead of waiting, he pressed one final button, transporting Esmeralda out of the castle. If you enjoyed today's storytelling episode, but don't want to wait to find out what happens next, click on over to authordkdrake.com backslash insiders. There you can secure your free digital copy of The Dragon Collector as part of the DK Drake Starter Library. But The Dragon Collector will only be included in the Starter Library through the end of these 21 days, so be sure to become an insider by November 10th to get your free copy. In the meantime, I dare you not to dream of dragons tonight. <laughs>